Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Can you believe? Can you believe? It is December already. Time flies. It's that like time of year. I love to rewind it a little bit, you know, because there's been so many amazing things that happened all year long. Right. But I also look forward to 2024. But in the meantime, we still have the holidays. We right. Like, yeah. You know, How was your Thanksgiving? Awesome. It was really, really cool. Um, you know, we had friends come to the house, I had cooked turkey and all the fixings and all that stuff. And uh, we had a bit of um, a change on the dessert. I wanted to do something that was not only pumpkin pie and all the pecan pie and everything. So we did a, did a bit of a carrot cake, seven layers. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I saw a rabbit on the road and I just went, oh, yeah, carrot cake. That's good. I like rabbits too. So here we go. <laughs> Carrot cake and rabbit stew. It was really cool. It was really awesome. But you know, you know what's really cool right now is that um, we had that storm who came in, and yeah, I'm from California and originally, of course, from France. But it's just like the snow peak. Yeah. I drive around and it's like wow, it is so beautiful. So happy to live here. It's really gorgeous. Well, we have snow on the ground at my place, so it's got me in the spirit, you know, uh, winter and. Uh, I'm hoping it's not going to be as extreme as last year, but... Uh, yeah, you you slowed in for, like, what, three months or something? Well, I mean, pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, quite the winter. And, but, you know, we needed the snow and good start this year, so yeah. hopefully well, it's better than the alternative. That's it. And uh, now it's, uh, it's party time. I mean, you know, this is the time of the year where... Everybody gather, friends, family, and uh, celebrating the uh, the holidays. And I would say, you know, celebrating the year. And I don't know about you, but man, I am busy cooking. And I am loving it. Yes, yes. I love this time of year. You know, share the food and the spirit yeah. and get the family together. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. Sharing the love, baby. Yeah. So... What are your plans for Christmas? Are you going to be here? Uh, Christmas, I will be in Cali uh, with the family, and uh, we have families flying there too. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be nice to uh, to do a little uh, Christmas, possibly on the beach for me, because you know San Diego has been pretty nice. I mean, I've seen San Diego having temperature in the eighty degrees in December. It's like it's kind of unreal that. You know, you have you have people cooking like uh, they're still cooking, cooking turkey, like you know, on the beach, and you go like, yeah. "Is that yeah. normal?" Like, yeah, yeah I've been in California on that time of year before. It's been really beautiful, nice weather. Because actually, California—that's a good time of year in California. Because you know, you usually have blue skies and clear weather, and you can still cook outside. I mean, you can cook outside over here as well, but I mean, it's just like over there, you can entertain outside. Uh, but you know what? Both both areas are really unique and, and beautiful. I mean, I was playing golf yesterday uh, over here at the Moab Golf Course, and it's like, man, it was 52, 53 degrees. It's just beautiful. Same thing today. Beautiful weather. Yep. I mean, beautiful. Or nice. So. so today we're going to get you in that holiday spirit and try to make your uh, festivities easier or how to plan ahead and make it... Uh, Make it nice, but make it easy because you don't want to 
the the whole thing is you don't want to stress out over it, right? I mean, yep. what's what's the point? You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the best thing to do is to start planning now, even planning for your parties. You have friends coming, you know, at the house this weekend or whatever. Just already just think about what you're going to do and keep it simple. The thing is keeping simple. And right now, what you can do, because it's still cold at night, you can really look at uh, doing some, um, you know, stews and one pot recipe and pot roast and things will really, when you open the door and, and your friends are coming in, they just go... Wow, I want to be here because you have all this aroma, all these beautiful spices and herbs who are roasting with veggies and protein, and maybe you're baking as well and smell like right. vanilla and caramel. It's like, yeah, that's that's what it's all about. And you have the tree up, the yep. trees, smell of the tree, and just the different uh, senses mm -hmm. to uh, get you in the holiday spirit. So, But when it comes to Christmas, for example, if you are celebrating Christmas, I think that to uh, to plan already what you would be cooking for that for that time, it's not a bad idea. Just write on a piece of paper. That's fine. And then you know a week prior of Christmas, make sure that you buy everything that you need already. And something can be done in advance. You do it in advance because yeah, it should be stress free. Just right, easy. And you don't want to wait till the last minute and deal with the crowded stores and and all that. Trying to figure out what you're going to do and hey, what plan you ahead. You roast for Christmas at your house. What do I roast? Yeah, Christmas. I usually sometimes I'll do turkey. For I love turkey, so usually the only two times. Well, I I do turkey more than two times a year. I try to anyway, but you know I usually have it Thanksgiving, and then I'll do a a, a supplemental turkey at at Christmas usually. But I'll do. It depends. Like this year, I have I think. Thankfully, I have a um, freezer full of elk and venison, Ooh, so I'm probably going to do an elk roast. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So, how do you do that to make sure that that because I'm, I know there is a lot of hunters, and uh, who already have uh, their quota, I would say. So, how do you do your elk roast, making sure that it's not going to dry, and how do you cook? I mean, yeah, there is technique to make sure that you will have it perfectly. Well. Fortunately, I I do sous vide. The mm -hmm. I uh, do it sous vide. So what is sous vide anyway? Okay, so, tell our guest. Yeah, we've talked about it before, but it yeah. is uh, basically you you vacuum seal seal it, and usually when you vacuum seal it, uh, you vacuum seal it with any of your herbs you're using, say garlic, mm -hmm. uh, rosemary, any herbs you want, with mm -hmm. depending on what you're cooking. But uh, so. Like an elk roast, yep. for instance, I'd, I'd like garlic with it, uh, some bay leaves and rosemary, and then uh, spice, not spices, maybe a little, little spicy, not too, but you know, maybe some chili powder or something, and uh, and then I vacuum seal it ahead and kind of let it, you know, just like marinade, but a dry marinade. I, I usually don't put liquids unless it's uh, I, I would put maybe a little bit of olive oil. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, and, good, yeah. yeah, and then keep it. You can keep it, you know, a day or two just before you uh, sous vide it. And then uh, you, so sous vide, you cook that. You you cook it in, in the pouch that you vacuum seal it in, in a hot water bath with a, uh, a sous vide 
machine. Yeah, it was circulator. Circulator, yeah. which, which the nice thing about it is you can cook it to the precise temperature mm-hmm. you want. Say you want it rare, you'd be cooking it around mm, 135, 140. Uh, and then depending on like elk or game meat, you might want to cook it a little longer just to break down the muscle mm-hmm. uh, so it comes out more tender. Yeah. And But then after you're then, taking out the patch and can you roast it still, right? Well, yeah, you can. Now, there's a couple ways you could do it. You could either roast it before, brown it off before, or after, which is I prefer. But what you're doing is you are just giving it, you're just browning it off. You're not, yeah, it's so. already cooked, so yeah. So Delicious. be careful, you know, you don't want to cook it anymore and, and just bring it up temperature. If And uh, yeah, that's, that's a great thing. So the thing with sous vide, um, for everyone who listening to us, I think that we recommend that you go to website and there's, uh, I, I, what I use, I'm not saying that's the best progress, I use a product called Anova and they also have this, uh, they have an app. So it means that they pretty much guide you through it. And then with the app, with on your phone, you can just put exactly what, for example, the uh, the roast. You put it into the pouch. You start to uh, to uh, to cook it, and it cooks it exactly at the same at the right temperature. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's really, really cool. And almost foolproof. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and and you know, it's it's become more popular the method with in households now. Yeah. You know, it's been in the industry for years. Mm-hmm. That we've known but it now that it's in the households and you can buy a a simple sous vide unit for not very much money less than a hundred dollars which that's good they used to be you know in the industry you'd have to pay thousands of dollars for these things so so most likely what i would be doing myself because uh you know my my wife christy just loved duck so we're gonna get some uh i do a nice big uh duck breast with uh you know the monarch duck breast so those are the really one pound and a quarter. Just the breast or you do Just whole? the breast. Yeah. And then you could use score the fat and you cook it really slowly on that fat with no, no additional fat whatsoever. And it renders. So you have like one inch of fat that was going to become maybe not even an eighth of an inch, but it's super crispy. And then I keep all that oil and I roast my potatoes yes yeah so you have your potatoes and your vegetables you know like um some carrots and uh, some uh, celery or any any of your favorite uh, root vegetables and then you cook it with that so like this you know you you maximize i would say the uh the way that you are uh, cooking with one single piece of protein right. and then uh most likely the uh, we will do a uh, primary primary roast which is the classic yeah. Uh, in France, it's very interesting because my family, for Christmas, it's all about the turkey. Turkey and goose. That's it. Yeah. And uh, goose. I love goose, but goose is it's not the easiest thing to cook. It, well, yeah. If the goose flew for a long time, most likely that bird is going to be really tough. Now, if that goose has been, you know, um, farmed and didn't work out too much, in that case, it's going to be nice and fat and right. yummy. But it still is a really hard bird to cook. Yeah. If you overcook it, then it's like rubber. And, uh, it's, it's it's really hard because those are very, very expensive protein. So if you mess it up, you go, oh, my God, all that money. And 
it doesn't taste good. So it's one of those things. Right. So, you know, and, and if you don't want to spend the money like on a goose and chuck and uh-huh. that, those, there's other alternatives. A good pork roast is great, you know, and uh, you could do a slow roast pork roast and yeah. stuff it even if you want. Uh, pork wine, you could do stuffed pork wine. I used to do a stuffed pork wine with, uh, make a uh, cornbread, dried apricot stuffing with uh, pistachios and that. I mean, so, you know, you don't have to spend a ton of money. So what we have just done for all of you is to really get your your uh, head going. You are thinking already now what you'd be doing for Christmas, which is really good. That's what we want you to think already ahead. We think in advance. Uh, the other thing is is desserts. So desserts, for moi, le français, de bûche de Noël, the Yulog. Oh. Yulog. So I know that it's they are readily available on the market. So if you order it in advance, then you will have it. I mean, locally you can find it as well. I checked it out, and um, you know that's a, that's a nice way to do it. And there's always fruit cake. Fruit cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I love fruit cake. There's one thing. That... Ah, it's got to be good fruit cake. But is, you want to? You know, I don't know. It's fruit cake. I've never found a store-bought fruitcake that I like. No, you have to make it. You got to make it and yourself. And you can put some good rum with it. Right, Spice. exactly. That's what yep. That's what you need. Spice rum is what you have to do with it. The, the other thing I like is always like a celebration of the season. Is you look at what fruits are available and you can make a beautiful fruit cover. And I yes. love a fruit cover with the topping and the ice cream on top. So those things can be done in advance. That's another thing. Yeah, it, you can do it three days in advance. Three days, everybody. And what will happen is your cobbler will taste so much better than making it the day off because all the flavors are just binding together, the combining together. And then when you eat it, it's like, whoa. Right. It's best to do ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And also bread pudding is a, yeah, bread is a good. Same thing. Same thing. Good to do it ahead. And, and you know, you can do things to, you know, put dried fruit in it, put rum in it, whatever to whatever you want to make it uh, more special. You know, when I was uh, at the marine room, what we would do is we had high tide breakfast or because we had the tide crashing on the windows. And then we had like four, 500 people coming for uh, for breakfast. And I had a lot of leftover uh, Danish and, and, you know, croissant and all those things. So what I would do is I would... I will chop it and dice it and make a, a bread pudding from that mm-hmm. with the muffins and everything. Right. Oh my God, that was good. And you, yes. it's like no work. You just dice everything, you put it into a container. So it's almost like you go shopping, buy a bunch of those uh, uh, ingredients, and then you have a little bit of uh, half and half eggs, a little bit of salt and I mean, uh, sugar, vanilla, and you're done. That's it. You don't even have to, to do anything else. Oh, it's a good way to utilize your leftover. Oh, yeah. You know, it, even if you have. You know, last month or whatever, you have some leftover bread, throw it in the freezer. That's it. You That's can it. throw it in the freezer and pull it out and turn it into a delicious. Yeah, it's good. Actually, it's a good way to clean the freezer as well. <laughs> right. You just go in the fridge and freezer. And say, this is oh, a good okay. time to freeze the fr- to clean out your freezer and your refrigerator. Because uh, it seems to, you know, especially after Thanksgiving, you start to find things in the back. That- but there's a catch to that. Everybody loves it. And suddenly you say, can I get the recipe? And you go, 
no. <laughs> this is a this is a homemade, right? Very special. It's a it's always a secret. Yeah, it's a a one a one timer. That's what's great about, you know, that's what's great about soups and that. You know, yeah. you don't go by a recipe. You go by what you have and what you use. So that's why thing. they come out. Same thing, soups. You can make soups in advance. Put it in the freezer when you need it. You just warm it up, bring it to boil, and it's ready to go. Butternut squash soup. All the squashes are really, really good. You can do potato soup. You can do potato leek fennel soup. You can do all those things, and they will come back to life. If they break when you reheat it, you put it into a blender with maybe just a little bit of cream or coconut milk or anything that you feel was going to work with the recipe, and they just re-emulsify, come back to life. They're beautiful. And if you had that leftover turkey from Thanksgiving, you could just throw it in the freezer, and then you could ray it out and make a wonderful soup or a pot pies, which I love turkey pot pies and... I love turkey pot pies. I like to do a turkey hash. Oh, yeah. So that's the day after Tur- Christmas. Right. Turkey so, hash, a little bit of eggs on it, you know. That's really, really cool. But the thing we're trying to get to is don't make it hard on yourself and make yeah. do. don't make it too complicated because it's about sharing the time with the family and friends and you don't want to spend all your time cooking. So that's what we're going to try to help you with here. Yeah, there's, there's the thing that we want to also review with you because this is only Christmas, but this is holiday parties that we want to talk about as well. Correct. You go on New Year's. Yeah. yeah, but the holiday parties, like from now, you, you can have uh, some business holiday parties, for example. I mean, there is a lot of ingredients who are locally available that you can really do some, you know, you, for example, you could do a beautiful cheese platter. And there is a lot of different cheeses now available in town. Mm. So, I mean... Murray was now available, Murray cheeses, they are all over, and it's, it's, it's incredible, I mean, different kind of cheese. So it becomes a journey as well. And then, of course, you have your prosciutto, you have your smoked salmon, you have all the things that, you know, the dips and the chips and all those things that you can do as well. So Well, and that's the thing about, like, cheeses and you do uh, charcuteries, you can have them on hand, and then some guests show up or whatever, boom. You just put them out, open a nice bottle of wine, and you're there. I saw the other day at the market, local market, that they had some lobster tails available. And I think that a lot of people are staying shy of lobster because they don't know how to cook it. So what we'll do is we'll have a recipe who's going to be posted on KZMU website. And it's a very, very simple way to prepare an awesome lobster tail. So it's uh, the lobster tail is butterfly, so it tells you how to do it. It's very easy. You bring the, the flesh on top of the lobster, and then it's just a butter with a lot of different uh, aromatics in it. And then you put the butter on top of the lobster. You put it back in the fridge, so the butter is like uh, softened. And then when the butter is nice and hard, then you put it in your oven at 400 degrees or 425, and uh, it cooks in about seven, eight, nine minutes, something like this, and you have the best lobster. Great celebration for lobster on Christmas Eve, which is, a, I would say, it's a, it's, it's a tradition in France. Right. We have lobster usually on the Réveillon Noël, the day just before Christmas. And that's the time of year you would splurge on yeah. something like yeah. lobster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and right now, actually, yeah, there is, I mean, pricing is really good as well, so... 
those are the those are the great things that you can do. So, and like I said, we try to make it easy, you know. And a good thing to do is you have guests come over, and maybe you're still cooking or something. But so you want to put out some appetizers in that mm-hmm. things, you know, finger foods. Like you said, could be cheese, uh, charcuterie, olives, pickles. You know, finger food to just so when your guests get there, they have something to nibble on. Uh, could be some nuts, uh, but also you want to greet them with maybe cocktail, wine, champagne. So we're going to get into that, uh, because this time of year, cocktail is a big, big thing for anything at Christmas time. And there's so, it's got such a variety, but again, we want to make it easier, you know, and maybe you'll do a punch. Or a, you know, you could do a champagne punch, artillery punch. There's all all kinds of uh, cocktail. Eggnog, you know, a spiced eggnog. Let's not forget that this, we're talking family as well, that we need some mocktail and we need some food for the kids. So I, I just... Well, right, you could make a, a virgin punch. Exactly, but I, I thought about or one food. dish that, that everybody needs to do. I'm sure they're doing. You need to do a good mac and cheese. A good mac and cheese. I know that the, uh, the 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 family, the whole family, will really enjoy it. And for mac and cheese, you can really go crazy. You can do it with All right. anything you want. The kids love mac and, and cheese. Kids it. Yeah, so it's a good hearty, you know, winter yeah, winter dish. So everybody has to be part of the celebration. So I think that's important. So that's why mocktails, like we're talking about, is really cool. And I think we have a we have we have your son. Yeah, Ian's on the phone. We're going to talk yeah. about cocktails and and uh, what to do during the holidays, and uh, some maybe make make the entertain a little easier. Ian, are you there? I I am here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh yeah. We got you. All right. Well, uh, Ian's clear. in Durango, Colorado. That's where he lives, and with his yeah, I'm in Durango, Colorado. I'm working at a, a restaurant here, and we're preparing up for the holiday season all the cocktails and everything. I like what you guys were talking about with uh, really preparing ahead and using the, the flavors of the season okay. for dinner, and I think that translates really well to drinks, too. Yeah. Like I said, Ian is uh, he's a mixologist bartender yep. at the Orehouse in Durango, so he's going to give us some advice on how to pre-prepare and and what cocktails to make this time of year and how to uh, what ingredients you need and so let's let's talk about that Ian what's a good cocktail this time of year Christmas time well so many cocktails are great but I think I, I like what you're talking about punch and I think the biggest thing is not what not always what cocktail, but how to how to administer the cocktail. I am always a, I'm always a big fan of old fashions um, and very simple, very simple, straightforward cocktails, uh, Manhattans and whatnot. But you can also spruce those up with anything that you're seeing around with the season. So think about what you like. Maybe you like margaritas. Maybe you want to. Use some of those fruits and uh, apples. Cranberry margarita, huh? Cranberry margarita would be amazing. And um, all you can, all you need to do with a lot of this is take your base spirit that you might have, 
like your tequila, and throw some of those cranberries in there or um, replace some of the lime juice with some cranberry juice or if you pomegranate, you could um, use pomegranate being really seasonal with apples. You could put apples in the tequila and make an apple margarita. So if you're thinking ahead, I'd encourage you to be able to really really kind of experiment too. You could also do some infusion with uh, hibiscus, for example. And uh, it would become like almost an hibiscus margarita where you can do, uh, you can incorporate your hibiscus in many, many uh, of the cocktails, right? If you make a syrup with the hibiscus tea or hibiscus flour. Yeah, the hibiscus, you use that in making your, making your syrup. So I would say that instead of making a, a like your simple syrup, which a lot of people do one-to-one water and sugar, use the simple syrup with, um, use the, use the hibiscus and make almost that sweet tea infusion with the, with the simple syrup. Yeah. There's a, there is one thing that I really like was, was like, you don't really have to make much of a, uh, so a recipe of it because it really, it really has an amazing flavor is yuzu. If you use some yuzu juice in any of your cocktails, I think that it brings a really interesting tangerine, lime, lemon uh, uh, flavor profile was really, really interesting. And I mean, then, one of my, that my kind of favorite thing to do is to make cocktails, just take a good cocktail recipe and then just switch out one of the ingredients or add one ingredient in there and just to make it your own. Right, personalize it. And like say, use the ingredients of the season, like apples, you said. We could do apple juice, apple cider. Um, do, yeah, it's, it's endless what so, you could do. So let me, answer, let me ask you a question. How do you make a really good batch cocktail? Because if you make it ahead, ahead of time, is it going to keep all this beautiful flavor? Do you do it the day of? Uh, what are your recommendations when it comes to that? I think everybody as an interest because everybody likes to be ahead of the game when they make cocktails and they have like 30 people coming in and I'm like, I am not going to be shaking in a margarita or I need to go to the gym to make sure that my arm is strong enough. <laughs> so I would say batch cocktails are incredible and they're just, they're a great tool used to administer, administer alcohol in just high volumes to many, many people and just make it easy and fun. I'd say, what you do is um, there's a simple formula, and first what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to find your recipe, um, decide what, what kind of addition that you might do, and just make that cocktail, make that, um, make that cranberry margarita. But as you're shaking it as you would normally shake your margarita, I want you to write down how much fluid of all your ingredients went in, and then you shake it, and then you pour it out. And then you're going to want to measure all those ingredients after they've come out, and that's going to be your that's going to be your um, that the difference of subtracting the the final volume from the original volume is going to be your dilution, and that's the amount of water that's been pulled off that ice. Pulling that ice off that water that's what makes cocktails that's that's the that's the magical thing that makes cocktails rounds them out and brings it all together. Yeah. So. Yeah, people that. don't realize that, but water is a big ingredient in cocktails, <laughs> and that's why they're shaking in ice. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I see where you come from. And then you got to figure out how much, 
how much water is going into that cocktail. Exactly. And so save that, and then when you batch the cocktail, here's the easiest way to do it. Take that original recipe that you made, multiply it by how many of those cocktails that you'd want to have, um, and make mix all the ingredients together, add that water in, and then just make sure you have it really cold. The only caveat to that is if you're going to use fresh fresh juices, you're going to want to do this the day out. Um, otherwise, you're going to lose a little bit after that. Mm. But in doing that, you can, on a third cocktail, your martinis, your old-fashioned, you can pour it over ice or just straighten the glass if you'd like it. You can get them cold enough in your fridge. Or a shaking cocktail, you can even take that with... Um, Take that drink, throw it in a shaker with one one ice cube, one small ice cube, shake it up really good, pour it out, um, and you can also do you can do six or seven, depending on how much your shaker holds. Mm-hmm. But you just get that ice cube to agitate it, and then you get that nice, fluffy, frothy, airy texture that you get from some of those shaking cocktails, and voila, there you go. You've just made it really easy to entertain a lot of people without slaving away over the shaker. Yeah. Hey, I have a question for you because it's not, it's not a, on batch right now, but eggnog is a really big, big thing in, in America. I am the Frenchman, of course. But I love eggnog as well. But I saw so many different ways to make an eggnog. So what do you recommend when it comes to some different versions of making it? So my recommendation is to make your eggnog ahead of time. Because I feel like when your eggnog especially that heavy spice um, from the nutmeg, mm-hmm. when that gets to sit around in the eggnog, it, it helps it better. If you're, in, you're making an alcoholic eggnog, you're essentially you're fortifying that drink, and so it's going to, it's going to stay good. Um, and almost all eggs that you get would be pasteurized unless you're using farm-fresh eggs, but still, I wouldn't worry about anything if you're putting, putting booze in your eggnog. But my trick is I make eggnog in a Vitamix. Oh, yeah, that's that's that would work. And yeah, and I have a I have a recipe here. If you want to make an eggnog, a, a Vitamix eggnog, a Vitamix is essentially two liters. But um, maybe I'll maybe I'll send this maybe I'll send this to you guys so that you can post it up on. Um, yeah. That'd be great. On the great. on the website, and then you could do, and you could have that, and there's just a very kind of a little bit more specific way of how you layer stuff in. And then for my, I usually get about 50 ounces. Um, so 50 ounces would be less like a liter and a half of from my batch of eggnogs I'm making in this Vitamix, and I'm putting about. Let's see, it'd probably be about 12, you know, at least about 12 ounces of, of um, normal strength booze in it. That'd be your, your rum, brandy, bourbon. You can mix it up wherever you have on hand and whatever you like to. And on eggnog, it's okay to put the booze in ahead? Yes, it's okay to put the booze, the booze in ahead of time and then let that age let that age for a couple of weeks. Start your eggnog now. It'll get it'll oh, get better okay. with time. Well, I so, guess that was uh, a really good question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I get mean, your eggnog going yeah, now. Yeah, this is a good idea. And 
just like cleaning out your fridge, um, <laughs> just like cleaning out your fridge, use those weird alcohols that are in the back of your oh, of your cupboard. Right. Maybe you, you should clear out your bar of, at the same time. Yeah, maybe you have a bottle of cream sherry or a bottle of of brandy that you never really take or ne- you never really use. And if it seems like it makes sense in eggnog, do it. I just for my personal taste, I always like to add a little bit of orange zest and a lot of nutmeg in my eggnog. But that's just me. Yeah, right. But fresh nutmeg. Right? Fresh ground nutmeg. Ground, ground and, you know, shre- grate it yourself. It's, uh, yeah, makes a difference. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but, you know, if you make it now, is it going to last? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it'll last. Let me put it this way. At your dad's house, he'll make two batches. The first batch will disappear. The second batch will be for Christmas. The second batch we don't tell him about. <laughs> hey, um, what so, other? Okay, let's go. Well, uh you know, this this is the time of year for, you know, it's like this, like this is the only time that you have eggnog. You know, yeah. just like yeah. so. What other festive punches or, or batch cocktails is good for the sea for the holiday season? There's also um, mulled wine. Mulled wine, yeah, which is great. I my my opinion is you don't focus as much as the in the fruits in mulled wine as you want to, the mulling spices. And those mulling spices being clove, allspice, um, a lot of times they use, you get a blend that has your dehydrated uh, orange, orange in there, and then cinnamon. But don't skimp out, because I know you have probably these spices in your cupboard, and they've been there for, for years upon years. Right. Um, if that's the case, you're going to need to use 10 times the amount to get that flavor in. I would just recommend buying a... Buying fresh you know, spices. Buying the fresh spices. Yeah. Don't buy a don't buy a huge amount. If it's right. going to be a deal, just buy as much as you need. And the nice thing, as I just noticed, uh, spices are on sale this time of year. Uh, I was just in the store yesterday, and it was buy one, get one free, so... This this is the time to, you know, clear out your old spices and get those fresh spices because it does make a difference. So, yeah. Use, yeah. Use mold wine. And so if you want to do your mold wine or your um, hot toddies or spice cider, the best way to do that is put it in a crock pot and let that crock pot heat up slowly. And then you, have a, you can have people tend to ladle it themselves. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, uh, speak. Okay. One of my uh, favorites this time is a uh, hot buttered rum. Uh, what's what's it take to make a good hot buttered rum? You do you make a batter or how do you do that? There there are plenty of ways, but making a batter for your hot buttered rum is 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 probably the best way. Um, you're essentially making a um, you're essentially making like a sweetened a sweetened spiced butter batter, and that one that I can find a I'll find a recipe and send it over to you guys as well. But you can make this batter. You can put it in the freezer, and all you need is hot water, 
hot water rum. So you have your tea kettle going and your hot water kettle on the stove and you just pull out, um, pull out that scoop of hot buttered rum and, and get it going in your, get it that going in your cup. And there you go. But those are delicious too. I would say, I would say with all these hot drinks, the, another big thing that people often overlook is your cups. Um, pour hot water. If you pour hot water in those cups and just let it That's sit a few seconds before you pour in your drink, your your whole drink's going to stay warmer longer as you're as you're socializing and everything. Okay, so let's. Okay, we're going to plan ahead. So, so for those people that are going to have, you know, lots of guests through the holidays and stuff, what would be a good basic stock for your alcohol so you can cover your basis for holiday drinks? I'd say you want a good whiskey. Um, you want your you want your wine. Um, maybe your bubbly wine. This is a good time to have I your sparkle. bubbly wine to celebrate. And then you're going to want... I would... Uh, I think one that you should... Got, you should get that you don't nor- maybe not normally get, depending on what your drinking habits are. Would be a, a nice aged rum, possibly a richer, um, darker rum. Yeah. And then a, a brandy. And a brandy, yeah. Brandy has this delicious fruit, fruitful quality to it that you can't get with many other spirits. Um, there's apple brandy. There's your your standard cognac. And there, and you should have one in your stock um, if you want to experiment with something a little different. And a brandy, there's different, there's different ways. But if you want to sip it on its own as well as mix it, well, I think a you good should. ESOP <laughs> is a good quality cognac to go to. I think that it's it's also a good a good thing to do would be to look at uh, what local distilleries like in Colorado have to offer. Because they do a lot of uh, those uh, fruit uh, brandy, and uh, a lot of different actually uh, style of gin and uh, even some rums. Uh, so I feel that they, you can also look at exp- you know experimenting with that. So like this, you you're able to at the same time uh, you're able to uh, help the locals with their uh, with the holidays because you're buying from different alcohol. You can do it with. Uh, with some uh, uh, tequila or mezcal, mezcal is even better. I was like, mezcal negroni, but with the mezcal negroni, you have, you have the smoke and you add wood. And it takes about three weeks so, or two or three weeks to really get the flavor to to really develop. And it stays good for a long time, like not in my house, but you can give it for like three months. If my house is about a month and a half, I like to cut it by half. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you can do. And I think that a lot of cocktails or cold cocktails. I know that you're thinking, Ian, right now. I, I'm like, oh, Bernard, just give me that idea. But you can, I bet you do a, a lot of different cocktails that you can barrel aged. And I think that's pretty cool because it brings kind of that, uh, that the, the soul of that uh, beautiful wood as well to that uh, to that cocktail. So, food for thoughts. What do you think? I, I love it. I've barrel aged a few cocktails and they come out fantastic. You just don't want to you don't want to barrel age anything that has um, citrus in it, of course. 
Yep. But other than that, the door is the door is wide open. You're going to have um, those vanilla and compounds, mm-hmm. and you can even get really down down the rabbit hole of how much toast and char you want on the inside of those mini barrels. But I do know that probably the closest place that you could buy one of those mini barrels is there's a good chance that they would sell them at Peach Street Distilleries in um, in Grand Junction, and those those uh, there. You know, it's just the barrel, so you don't need to buy any of the alcohol. But that, you can buy, that'd be probably the closest place that you could get one. You can be, you can get it online. I got it online. You can get it yeah, online. Yeah, get it online well, and get it you delivered. To, you have to be very careful what you're looking for. So it's got to be okay. It's got to be non-treated. It's got to be really, really uh, high quality. So it's going to cost you maybe, I don't know, let's say 150 bucks. And you go, no, 150 bucks for a barrel. And you go, yeah, but that barrel, you can keep it 10, 15 years if you want to. And it get better and better and better if you know exactly what goes in it and you keep track because it will absorb a lot of those components from the previous cocktail. Well, and you can even use other stuff, like say say maybe you had a, a port or something in there. You could actually just take a wine and add to your barrel after that and then you'll get the essence of your port or whatever. So that's that's what's nice is you're you're transfusing the flavors through the barrel and it's you can have fun with it. And so like, you don't want to go so like, you don't want to go it like a like a cast iron pan. What's that? You're seasoning it almost like a cast iron pan. Oh right, pan. right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, everything you put in there is gonna be seasoning it as you go. So so I got one for you, Yen, because uh, we talk about uh, the adults. I would like to talk about the driver, who is an adult as well, but and then the kids. We want to make sure that, you know, this is the holiday season. And I really want to make sure that, you know, everybody's part of the celebration. And there's a lot of people who do not drink alcohol So uh, from for the, the location where we are. So what about uh, some non-alcoholic I, um, you know, cocktails, mocktails, mocktails. I'm so sorry, mocktails uh, would be really, really cool and fun. I think that we need to be creative for for that uh, uh, that segment of the population because it's important. Well, I think I think an amazing thing that's happened right um, recently is on there's bulk food sections where you can get these incredible teas that are infused with uh, wildflowers, spices, all sorts of things. So um, a good place to get some inspiration and find some fun ingredients would be to go to a bulk food section at Moonflower Market or anywhere and look at their, look at a tea selection that they have. Mm -hmm. And what you could do is you take that, use those teas to make your, to make your syrup or to um, infuse into the water that you're going to use this batch. And you might be surprised what you find. There's a tea that I had recently that was a, a lavender creme brulee black tea. Whoa. And it's, it's incredible. Um, it's not necessarily what I would think of when I'm thinking of getting my breakfast tea in the morning, but using that into a, um, a mocktail of sorts as those flavoring components that might replace what what you get in there from some sort of spirit, and then 
um, add in your add in any sort of citrus or other flavorings to it, and kind of treating that like your like your spirit would that be that really kind of concentrated tea that you'd make. Um, there you go. That's a great way. That's a great way to kind of start and make your own non-alcoholic spirit in a way. Right. So if you're using teas and they have actual tea in them, just be careful. If you oversteep it, they will become more bitter. Right. Um, but maybe you like a little bit of that bite that you're going to be missing from the alcohol too. So think about right. that. I think that uh, to um, incorporate also some fresh herbs such as thyme, sage, even rosemary into some of the cocktails when you're making your, your syrup or your infusion. I think that's that makes it really cool as well. And lemongrass, we don't talk about lemongrass, but if you want to do a, like a lemongrass martini, you do a lemongrass. Uh, I used to do a lemongrass lavender syrup that we use as a base to do a martini. And it was really, really cool. I mean, just you, you can really, really play with that and have fun with that. Well, and you can even do berries. Uh, and especially now that you can get freeze-dried berries, uh, they do freeze-dried, a lot of things freeze-dried now, but, uh, which is nice is, you know, you can get raspberries, strawberries, blueberries, freeze-dried. And so what's nice is they keep the flavor and they're concentrated. So, uh, you don't have to worry about the shelf life on them, you know, you go and buy fresh berries, you know, especially this time of year. But if you have, uh, try the freeze-dried berries and... They, they infuse flavor great. No, that's true. All right, so now I've got a question for you because, you know, you have those, uh, we say, gathering where you have, you know, friends who have traveled the world and you want to impress them and do a little foam on your, uh, on your, uh, your drink. What do you recommend when it comes to making foams? Really simple. Don't give me crazy, difficult things to do. But, like, what is couple of ingredients will make great foams. Mm, so to get uh, foams, so um, if you have, so if you if you don't want to use egg, egg whites, which is the classic one, and egg whites are so easy, about a half ounce of egg white per cocktail that you make, just there's a technique called dry, dry shaking, which makes it foam up really well. You're essentially making a mini meringue. Mm-hmm. You can... You can use a half ounce of egg white per cocktail, and that'll be that'd be that'd be great. But also, if someone doesn't want to use egg white, you can use um, uh, pectin, which you'd find that where you'd make jams. Um, you can make a a little bit of a pectin syrup. Um, that would give you a little bit of a foam. But they also have incredible foaming agents available online that our use. Some are made from sap of trees. Um, but, but what you need, those are almost just a couple drops into a cocktail, similar to if you were to put bitters in a cocktail. A couple drops before you shake that cocktail, and you'll get an incredible foam on it. There's one, one other thing that you can do is if you have a can of chickpeas, you drain the chickpeas and you use the water from the chickpeas. And you put like a couple of tablespoons, there is no flavor whatsoever. Like one tablespoon, let's say, in a cocktail, it will, and you shake it up, that thing just foams. Yeah. And you can also buy chickpea powder now, too. Yeah, to do- you can also do that. I think it's cool, it's good that we talk about that because, you know, it is. So so now we're making those uh, cocktails to be more sexy, I would say. It's like, ooh, there is a little thing. Now, what about garnishes? 
you garnish a cocktail. You know, they have a lot of dry oranges, uh, slices available. What do you use over there at your, at your place? I feel like nothing, it's hard to beat a good fresh garnish of a peel of a lemon or a lime. I, I think that for some of our garnishes that we're doing, um, we will do some dehydrated peels, um, mostly because they're, they're fun, they're fun to look at and you can, you can bite into them. They add a little bit of a kind of a crunch texture quality. Uh, fresh herbs make amazing garnishes. Um, but also maybe be a little crazy too. One of our favorite garnishes that we do on a cocktail over here is actually a stroop waffle. Is a what? So you take a, <laughs> waffle. You take a oh fruit waffle. A bag of your stroop waffles, uh, or like a like a it's like a sweet waffle sandwich with maybe some caramel caramel or honey in the middle, and we 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 throw a little torch on that and we put it and put it through a, on just on the lip of the cocktail glass, and it just adds a little bit of that wintry kind of feel to it even though it's not necessarily a warm drink or anything. So don't don't uh, yeah, don't hold back on your crazy garnish yeah. ideas. Cause Put some they, pizzazz. They just might work. Well, everybody, we have Yen uh, on, the, on the phone with us, and is the wonderful son of Tim. I want to remind everybody who is, uh, who is with us as a guest, and uh, he's a mixologist in Durango, just a wealth of knowledge. And uh, I wanted to ask him my next question, which is something that we drink a lot in Brittany, hot toddy. So what are the signature hot toddy that you are doing at the restaurant? So the signature hot toddy that we do at the restaurant is a, the, the best things to go into hot toddy are, you want honey, um, honey, something citrusy, and, and your spirit. Um, you can use a little bit of lemon juice, or we, the, how we do them is we use lemon bitters, um, and it comes out with a nice clean toddy, and hot water, and then we use actually a honey whiskey that we get here locally, Ooh. instead of your honey and whiskey or your honey and rum and brandy. And then we finish it off with a little bit of hot um, winter spice tea that's got a lot of your your orange and kind of some of those mulling spices in it. So it's got a very good cinnamon quality to it. Um, so something that might some people might do as basic as putting a cinnamon stick in a hot in hot whiskey with lemon and honey. If you want to, you can you can go a little above and beyond, but um, that's the signature hot toddy I love and it's the the best I've had. All right. Well Ian, thank you for joining us and sharing sharing that. Information. Yeah, it's it's really really awesome to have uh, someone who is uh, as passionate as we are. We are the passionate when it comes to to cooking and creating in the kitchen, and you are the one who is creating that that first experience. Because when you have friends coming to the house or you are going to a restaurant, your first experience is to have a cocktail and it really set the tone pretty much for the whole entire evening. Yeah, so blow them away from the get go. That's it. And when they leave, they can have that little. Um, you know, a little hot toddy or something, and, and well, or no alcohol. Whatsoever. Yeah, if they're driving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's this is why it's important to talk about the mocktail because uh, I think you know you we have a lot of people who just don't don't like alcohol, which is which is 
normal, you know? But there's still great alternatives. Oh, this awesome. I mean, there's more than great alternative. When I go out, there's many times that we would order just mocktails. It's just, you know, the way that they build and all the flavor profile and everything is like, well, we know that you can add any alcohol you want in it, but in the meantime, what a base, what a beauty. And you do feel better the next day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Ian. All right, Ian. See you soon. Happy holidays, my friend. Happy Here. holidays over there in Moab. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thank all you right, so much. Later. Well, this is really cool to talk about all those cocktails and uh, and and how we can celebrate all together uh a wonderful holiday season. I mean, it's not only about the food, it's really about the gathering and uh, friends and family. But, you know, is what's Christmas dinner without that special oysters on the half shell? So Here we go again with the oysters. <laughs> I mean, how I'm going to tell you, he loved those oysters, but you're right. But, in, no, look, no, in, no. Brittany, in Brittany, and my family, that's what we have. They will have of like uh, 3,000 of oysters on the table. It's like, and everybody eats like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's crazy. It's just, yeah. They just eat the oysters like it's not tomorrow. But we talk about Christmas Day. That's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is really a big, big right. uh, dinner before Christmas itself. Christmas is like, you know, this is the family and everything. Christmas Eve is like family, but friends. A lot, a lot of friends are coming in and it's uh, it's a full-on dinner, and they go to meet that mass. So, of course, you know, I remember when I was a kid, we had to walk something like um, a mile, and it was really cold outside. Sometimes it was a full moon, which was really cool. But, you know, you go to meet that mass, and you come back, and you still have something to eat again before you go to bed. And it was like, no, you had like 1.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock, you go to bed, and then and then uh, Santa just passed by and drop a bunch of gifts, which is well, and that's the thing about it, the tradition that goes into yeah. it. And that's the important part. And uh, it's important part to pass on to the next generation, and you yeah. know, to the kids, get them. And like you said, always have the, have the kids involved. And so that they they get the experience from the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's all about the, you know, the smells, everything about it. You know, it's like, that's what I... You know, it's like smell a vision. You know, I can. I certain smells bring back these uh, memories of when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so. That's very true. And and if you do not, uh, I would say celebrate Christmas, uh, because there is a lot of different you know religions and things that we do, as a as a society. You can you will celebrate New Year's. So New Year's Eve, right. New Year's Day, all the things that we talk about. Can we or it might be Hanukkah or what, yeah, whatever Kwanzaa. Yeah, so it's it's really cool that every day we talk about it really applies for the whole entire yeah. holiday season. It's 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 a matter of getting the family together and just like say celebrating life. And before I forget, I would like to thank our underwriter today, the Youth Garden Projects, our friends over there who are doing an amazing job with, you know, the kids and the garden and all the dinners and and everything that do they do for the community, and also the Utah Avalanche Center. These days, we have to be very careful. There's going to be a lot of snow. There's a lot of risk uh, during the winter time. So thank you for Yeah, and check check the conditions before you go out. Yeah, yeah be safe. Uh, and and that's, what's, that's what they're there for. Yeah, can, and so we thank you very much for all your hard work as well and all the life that you, um, that you are able to save by 
giving the information and sometimes by rescuing as well. So thank you guys for for being uh, such amazing underwriter to our show today. So, yeah, and thanks for listening, people. And as we 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 talked about indulging in the Christmas spirit and, and the food and everything. But so our next show, we're going to talk about your, uh, okay, your New Year's resolutions and how to deal with all that fun and joy you had with the, all the spirits and food and, and start the new year out right. You know, bottom line is balance. You keep everything in balance and resolution will be just some guidelines that uh, that we'll talk about, of course. And we have a great, we, we will have a great uh, uh, guest, uh, Casey, who um, is a local, uh, I would say, uh, Superman, Wonder Man. Yeah. He's like an amazing guy. Uh, you know, it's a, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to um, to that uh, type of discussion. I would say, yeah. And it's gonna be it's gonna be really, really, really awesome. So definitely, you need to stay tuned. In the meantime, we want to wish you a happy holiday season. Joyeuse fête de fin d'année, mes amis. Great. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the family, and uh, have happy holidays, however you celebrate them. Happy New Year, everybody. Chef's Adventures with Buck and Bernie airs on the first Monday of every month at 4 p.m. Head to kzmu.org for archives and recipes.